Welcome to this special edition of the Emphasis Knowledge Institute and Brilliant Basics podcast. I'm happy to be joined by Ben Ingram, who's our innovation lead at Brilliant Basics. The topic today is connected spaces, as well as we'll cover a bit about our contribution towards carbon. Welcome, Ben, to our podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Ben, before we start, just tell us a little bit about your role at Brilliant Basics. So my role at Brilliant Basics is to really work with all of our discipline leads to ensure that we're bringing the best of not just our offering, but the entire emphasis ecosystem to the challenges and opportunities faced by our clients. So the topic today, Ben, is connected spaces, which is absolutely taking a lot of attention from all aspects of various roles, industries. Technology is clearly disrupting the space as well. In addition, uh, there is a lot of excitement about what technology can do within the space, a physical space, for employees, but as well as um, for the environment. Do you have anything to add here in terms before we start the topic in more further detail? I think as a, uh, as a subject, it's been popular ever since Hollywood showed us what our homes could be at the uh, click of a finger or the press of a button. It's only today that we're really starting to understand the true value of a connected space and the relationship between spaces and the people that inhabit them. Absolutely. And Hollywood showed a lot of futuristic space long time ago. Uh, do you believe that some of those things are coming to reality now than what was possible 10 years ago, for example? I think we're starting to see some application of things like holograms for uh, entertainment purposes, uh, mixed display units that are making our, uh, our spaces slightly more interactive, and more and more today, obviously, what mixed reality is allowing us to do to turn previously uh, static spaces into something far more dynamic. So Ben, you know, we talked about future work in our previous episode and uh, the way we talked about future work is digital, physical and emotional. Uh, today we're going to focus on the physical part of it, right? Where spaces are becoming incredibly important to enable people to do well in their working environment. Um, you, you call this as connected space. Do you want to just kind of unpack that from a definition perspective for, for me? Yes, so as you quite rightly said, it trickles down from our definition of the future of work and that paradigm shift whereby we're no longer building organizations and molding people to them. We're structuring our organizations in a way that every single person that works for them can shape their experience in the way they choose to and the way that benefits them. And spaces should be no different. Uh, we need to adapt to what is a rapidly evolving type of work um, whether that be the geographical place people work or the more dynamic roles they're performing throughout their days. What, what are you hearing from the clients? Because I'm pretty sure in your role of innovation lead, you're meeting a number of clients, given our focus on future work as a practice. What are you really hearing from clients? What are the asks they have with regards to spaces? And also, if you can elaborate further around how it helps them achieve their goals, be it financial or employee engagement? Yeah, so you made the point just there, financial. The conversation often starts with how can we better understand our buildings, our facilities in order to reduce our overheads and in some cases increase the experience of our employees. As soon as we start to investigate that subject a little more, they start to realise that making this a more symbiotic relationship between space and employee and in fact the business 
is where the real benefit is. And I think we'll talk later about kind of the multiplicity of involving your entire workforce rather than just the physical assets you own. And when you say uh, employees, the employees are also changing dramatically, right? So there's a shift in, you know, millennial employees coming into workforce, for example, uh, Generation Z is being a, a big part of the employee acquisition by many brands out there globally. Uh, is there a different ways of working that they want to bring into organizations that a lot of organizations are not ready to provide? Are you seeing that as well in terms of your briefs and your conversations with clients? Most definitely. And, you know, the best example of this doesn't even involve a millennial. I was speaking to a highly reputed university just last week who have lost two of their best lecturers because they don't provide the most basic of digital capabilities in their spaces, being able to share content to screens easily, being able to communicate with the students that are sharing the rooms with them. That is interesting. So this is not just for, um, you know, commercial organization. This is for educational organizations are going through the shift as well. Yes, we're seeing this across the board. It's uh, big corporates, it's education, and of course, production and manufacturing based Ben, what about the idea of, you know, IoT and all these spaces are basically plugged in with so much technology. Some are old, some are new. Do you see that creating more opportunity for uh, connected spaces in your view? Yes, that's the foundation of it all. It doesn't matter what we're doing, whether it's connected spaces or a entirely digital product that lives online. We can only act upon the data that we know. Um, there are some unique challenges to the connected workspace. Those of our clients who are building new greenfield facilities, it's fantastic. We can help them define the infrastructure that goes in there. But it doesn't mean that a brownfield site can't work for us as well. Uh, the beauty of IoT devices is that the price has been massively driven down. And uh, I was talking to someone just yesterday who was worried about their 20-year-old HVAC systems. We can very easily connect to those. It's by no means particularly belonging to uh, one of the world's largest systems integrator. It's no longer a problem for us. Understood. Uh, and in terms of objectives, because some of these have to be proven to um, the CFO of the organization in terms of creating tangible value, right? Um, the objectives that, you know, we were talking about earlier is from, you know, attracting and retaining the best talent to other environmental factors. Can you just shed some lights on what are the specific objectives uh, organizations are asking to be achieved while taking their spaces to the next level in terms of evolution? Yeah, so the first one is always reducing overheads, and of course should be. Uh, in most cases with connected workspace, reducing overheads will in fact pay for the rest of the project. Uh, by understanding how our people use our spaces, which isn't necessarily the simplest of questions to answer, um, we can better design them as we move forward. When it comes to attracting, retaining talent, I add a third element to that, which is enhance that talent. Uh, it's not just about giving them the tools they need to do their jobs at a faster rate. It's about giving them the tools and capabilities to develop themselves faster. Uh, and then a hot topic for everyone, carbon reduction. Again, this is about having the correct data, being able to act on that. But then what I talk to our clients about is that Change ultimately won't come from the organization making a few binary decisions. Yes, you should be choosing an energy supplier who uses low carbon production methods. Um, yes, you should be cutting down on the amount of carbon that your manufacturing facilities outlay. But ultimately, carbon neutrality is going to go carbon zero, as we're being targeted to, is going to come from activating every single human who comes in contact with your organization. 
So uh, when we talk about connected workspaces, it's not just about engaging, it's about educating. That's a good point, Ben. And in terms of, um, you know, I'm sure you're not having just a straightforward conversations with clients where they're just saying, hey, can you please help me take my existing facility or property into the next generation? I'm sure there are a lot of misconceptions out there where that may be causing inertia for organizations to move from A to B in a fast way. So what are some of the misconceptions, some of the you know, challenges we, you see in conversations with your clients, with uh, analysts, with regards to uh, spaces generally, but also connected spaces. And I'll just add a little bit more kind of uh, color to that. Uh, a lot of my clients ask me, hey, we, li- we like the WeWork kind of uh, spaces. Can you please, you know, help us kind of design something where there is a WeWork kind of element, but also keep the culture and the core purpose of my organization. And the reason I throw WeWork in there is because then itself I sometimes find is a misconception about it in terms of what spaces generally do for employees. So I'll, I'll, I'll just kind of uh, uh, hand over to you to talk about the misconceptions, some of the problem statements that you're seeing from an organizational perspective. So the first misconception is that you can buy a connected workspace off the shelf. Unfortunately, you can't. We hope to one day be able to offer something similar, but uh, it's not quite there yet. What you need to do is first an analysis on what systems do you have in play. And I think anyone listening to this will be able to look at their own organization, compare it to someone they know in even the most similar of companies and quickly be able to identify the different systems that you have in place. It's by no means an end to the game. Uh, We're fortunate to live in an age where APIs aren't too much of a problem to come across and we can push and pull the type of data that we need. And and do you see one of the misconceptions? I was at a property tech conference yesterday um, and we talked about some of the technology um, is also quite archaic. Uh, having a physical technology versus digital technology have different kind of lifespan as well. Do you see a misconception is, you know, we can't use our existing technology investment uh, in terms of buildings and facilities, so we have to kind of change things? Or do you see that as a, you know, unutilized opportunity for someone like us? Most definitely. So when we talk about connected spaces, we talk about adding an experience layer on the top that's driven by a simple amount of data analysis below it. We don't want to be ripping out all the existing infrastructure, whether that be physical or digital. We want to be leveraging the data that you're already creating. We want to be adding to that data pool where we can through the addition of uh, connected devices, crunching that down and working out how can we leverage what you've got. We can always build on it in the future, but let's start with what you have in place already. That's interesting. And, you know, uh, uh, with regards to uh, Cisco creating the first connected space back in 2013, and I'm sure you'll talk a little bit about that. Who is actually doing, you know, good connected space thinking? And are there any examples that you want to share from your research that might uh, be useful to share with our listeners? Yes. So we finally have the first, I think, what we could call truly connected workspace and uh, the nice thing with this example is it was created by two of our great partners Microsoft and Johnson Control. Uh, BIA who are a great organization out in the UAE headquartered in Sharjah are one of the world's only companies dedicated to simply improving the quality of human life on earth. Uh, They've launched a fantastic building designed by the great Zaha Hadid that caters to the every need of the people who inhabit it whilst taking the data from their activities back and using that to forecast its own requirements and then generating its uh, 
own heating and energy requirements and shifting, in fact, its own layout and application of services based on the changing requirements of those people inside it. For our listeners, you're listening to the Brilliant Basics and Infosys Knowledge Institute podcast where we're talking about connected spaces as part of our special edition or focused on future work and digital disruption. Uh, I'm here joined by Ben Ingram, who is our innovation lead at Brilliant Basics. Ben, let's move on to the uh, some of the tangible benefits, right? And this is something that um, you know you have shared with me pa- in past, um, uh, which is connected infrastructure can provide a 30 to 40 percent reduction in maintenance costs through more accurate monitoring and forecasting. Can you just elaborate on how would you go about creating a business case? that allows an organization to take a leapfrog um, in terms of connecting their spaces, uh, which is better for employees' engagement? So there's, of course, a spectrum of solutions here, but if we look at either end of that, in the short term, it's about forecasting problems before they happen. The more we can know about an asset and its life cycle, the better we can forecast when we need to fix it. This means that uh, in a very simple scenario, rather than wait for two devices to be broken and have to fix them at the same time, we can schedule that in advance and make sure we're making the best use of our facilities team. And in terms of the, um, you know, there's a lot of discussion going around purpose before profit. Uh, How do you create a purposeful company? Do you see there is an environmental opportunity impact uh, connected spaces can bring for organizations to think about where they're contributing to the betterment of the society and the environment? Most definitely, and there are so many ways in that purpose and profit are coming together. Uh, Put simply, at a national level, being more green is better for your taxes and the costs you're paying as a business. Um, At the other end of the scale, people are more likely to want to engage with you and work for you. There's such a large awareness now of environmental uh, impact that organisations have on the world that people simply will walk away from roles where they don't feel their company uh, have the best interests of the world at heart. And do you mean by, you know, not just for a oil and gas company, this could be applied to any kind of organizations who are using space in such a way that creates a better value and purpose for uh, society generally? Definitely. I think you just need to look at the case studies whereby organizations that historically would fly their executives around the world for every single meeting they need and in some cases travel multiple countries in the space of a day are now being looked at and asked, Why do you need to be there in person? We've got such fantastic VC functionality that you don't need to leave your office and you can save on that high carbon emission of that journey. Why would organization invest so much in connected spaces where the lot of people are actually deciding to work from a coffee shop or from home and other remote kind of places? Uh, How do you kind of unpack that if somebody is asking that difficult question about only 50% of the staff in next 10 years will come to the office? and other 50% will be working remotely. I think it's because some of the highest value and most specialised work is still being done on a physical premises. Uh, If we look at those two things independently, when we talk about highest value work, we talk about the evolution of work and the role of human beings in this compared to robotics and artificial intelligences. Human beings are still being focused on problem solving. It's what we're fantastic at. It's what artificial intelligence hasn't necessarily uh, taken command of just yet. And problem solving means bringing a group of people together and providing an environment that inspires them and enables them to address the challenges that they face. Uh, The other case study, highly specialised work. So here we could be talking about uh, 
science, engineering, manufacturing, where you're conducting very complex tasks where you need the assistance of you know, robotics, different computer systems, and you need your space to not only help facilitate that, but quite often keep you safe. That is interesting. And you kind of delved in the technology area. And I just wanted to kind of talk about the type of technology or technologies that uh, can be leveraged in making spaces connected to create the impact that you just kind of alluded to. Uh, can you just elaborate on some of the solutions, some of the technology, some of the use cases where our listeners can actually visualize what connected space uh, can do for them, but also leveraging existing and new uh, technology assets that they might be interested in? So the first solution is the one that's most familiar to all of us. It's in the palm of our hand and it's our mobile phone. And it's very simply connecting all the services we offer to our employees to them through the most accessible interface, uh, allowing them to book meeting rooms, find one of their colleagues, uh, order lunch ahead of time, or even pick a parking space before they arrive at work all through their mobile phone. And uh, if I can paraphrase that, Ben, what you're saying is that technology investment is one thing, but it's stitching it all together with the employees in mind changes the uh, experience completely, correct? Yes, and this is where we've been investing a lot of our time recently is looking at the user experience design of these applications. You're taking quite a number of disparate use cases from navigation to booking a parking space, buying lunch, booking meeting rooms, finding your colleagues, and uh, in some cases, emergency situations where we're having to guide people through quite a complex set of instructions to ensure their safety. Um, our teams have been looking at how do we tie that all together into a single interface that's uh, not confusing and serves up the right content at the right time. And that is interesting because what you're doing there is giving the power back on employees' hands, which means that with a better experience, they're able to engage with those applications, those uh, features, which in turn makes a huge impact to the outcomes. But it's almost gamifying, isn't it, Ben? Right? You're gamifying the whole experience. And there is a clearly there's a better, you know, safety, better, um, you know, impact on environment. There is a better community impact. Uh, do you see gamification as a big part of making this change at work, but also when they leave work, they continue to continue that behavior at home? It's core to it. A tool is only as effective as it is used. And everything we design digitally has onboarding, has uh, the marketing of that product in mind. How do we get people to use it? And then how do we make it sticky? How do we provide value to people every day so that they come back and engage with it? Uh, in a lot of cases, we're actually leveraging carbon for this. It's something that everyone not only cares about, but actually should be considering given the effect it's going to have on, on their world and their health. So every interaction you have with uh, this application, with your workspace, has a point system associated to it, dependent on the amount of carbon that you're saving so uh, choosing to carpool in with someone for example is going to earn you a number of points picking a meeting room that's on a floor that's already been heated up rather than in another part of the building that we're maybe not using today is going to earn you points you don't see this far away this can be done today definitely we're already working on a number of engagements and developing this front end interface uh, and looking at how we connect to the infrastructure uh, we have a tradition at, in our podcast to ask the guest about what kind of book they're reading at this point in time and why so it may be somewhat of an ironic answer for someone who works in innovation but uh, i think yuval noah harari's thinking is fantastic and it's his assessment of the human race and our reaction to technology through the ages it's just never been enough we're always chasing the next thing 
uh, whether it be fire or the fact that the internet, this fantastic thing is now considered a basic human right, I think just goes to show how our appetite is not changing. And with all these things we're doing, all these innovation projects we're working on, we can never assume that it's going to be enough. Uh, the day after it's installed, it'll start to become habitual. We need to be looking on to the next thing. So for me, that means building everything with growth and change in mind. That is so interesting. And it's completely in line with what we're talking about as well. And everything we do at Brilliant Basics and Infosys is about human centricity. So I'm glad that that book is quite relevant, even though you think it's not. So it's towards the end of our conversation, Ben, and I'm going to give you a few moments to talk about the connected space workspace vision that you can set for our listeners so they can aspire to be that. You know, I'm excited about Brilliant Basics and Infosys teams working together on this to bring the best of our abilities to create a connected space that truly add value for organization, but also for the environment. So over to you, Ben, to talk about the vision and any final thoughts you have about this topic yes so take some of your uh, words that you kindly offered up there our vision is very much to create a connected workplace experience that educates and continually engages employees whilst benefiting them our business and our environment it's that symbiosis it's that multiplicity of activation that's going to reap rewards for our clients um, without people our clients these organizations are just a collection of buildings and assets it's only that when we connect with those people those employees that we become something living we become something growing that's not only going to ensure the future of that organization but it's going to develop those people into better versions of themselves and it's going to help them and everyone around them secure the future of our planet that's fantastic and it's a great way to end the conversation as well as people want to learn more and engage more with you and your practice how can they find you they can search me on LinkedIn, Ben Ingram of Brilliant Basics, and find some of our latest thinking on our Medium channel. It's BB underscore futures. You can find the details on our show notes at infosys.com slash IKI in our podcast section. Ben, thank you for your time and a great discussion. Thank you very much for having me. Everyone, you're listening to the Brilliant Basics and Infosys Knowledge Institute podcast where we just talked about connected spaces. Thanks to our producer, Yulia Debari, and the entire Knowledge Institute and Brilliant Basics team. And until the next time, keep learning and keep sharing. <laughs>